Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing all right? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad that you're here with us. We're beginning a brand new series today called A Thrill of Hope, and, and uh, the holidays are a great season. Anybody excited for the holidays? Anybody excited for Christmas? A couple people are excited for Christmas. The rest of you guys, uh, it, it, apparently it's not the most wonderful time of the year for you, uh, but for a lot of people, this is a great season. This is a great time of year. It's a hopeful time of year, and uh, you know, there's so much to be hopeful for. I mean, there's people that are already, how many of you guys, in fact, how many of you guys already have a Christmas tree up? Raise your hands, raise your hands. You guys are already decorated. How many of you guys already have presents under the tree? Anybody got some presents under the tree? A couple of people? Wow, you guys are, are early shoppers. You must have done some Black Friday shopping or, uh, or thir- Thanksgiving shopping. I don't know what it is anymore, but uh, you know, there's a lot of hope when it comes to the Christmas season. There's hope for uh, maybe gifts that we haven't had yet that are going to be awaiting us. Maybe there's, there's hope of spending time with family, or in my case, the hope of not spending time with family. Anybody else kind of feel me on that one? Like, hey, can I get away from them? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of hope. There's a hope for the, the new year that's on the horizon. There's, there's hope for new opportunities that are out there. And my question for all of us today is, is, is what are you hoping for? You know, what is that thing that you are looking forward to, that you are longing for in your life, that you're holding on to? Of, I cannot wait to see that happen in life. And all of us have some things that we hope for, I would, I, I would hope. On the flip side of that, I also know that this season can also be one of the most difficult times of the year. Uh, I, I know for me as a child, this is when my parents separated. And so Christmas time for me was always a, a difficult time because I didn't see a lot of the hope that there was because of situations that I was in. And, and I also know that people are going through difficult times this time of the year. In fact, statistics tell us that divorce rates go up, uh, uh, suicide rates go up and d- during this time, uh, credit card debt goes up during this time. Uh, some of you guys are already experiencing that, um, trying to buy presents for people that you don't even like to impress them for some odd reason. doesn't make any sense, but this can also be a very, very difficult time of the year because problems that we've swept under the rug all year long, for some reason, seem to get highlighted and elevated during this time. And, and I don't know why that is, but it just seems to happen that way. And, and it, it reminds me of uh, one of my stepdad's favorite movies um, that's on TV called It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody watch it? It's a Wonderful Life. It was on last night on TV. I was like, Shayla, It's a Wonderful Life is on. You know, it's an old black and white kind of movie, you know, just, just old school. And, and Shayla's like, I've never watched It's a Wonderful Life. I'm like, well, what, what's up? We better watch this because this is an incredible movie. And she's like, no, we don't, we don't do old movies. And I was like, well, you're I know you can, you can hate on her later on Facebook. It's okay. Uh, but uh, like I, I love the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And, and there's, there's some lines in there. If you've never seen it, I encourage you to go, to go listen or watch it. Um, but Clarence, who's the angel that's kind of like second, second class there and is about to get his assignment. And the superior angel comes to him and goes, hey, you got to help George Bailey, who's kind of the main character in this movie. And, and, and so, so Clarence, who's this angel in waiting to get his wings, uh, says, man, what is it? Is, is this guy sick? And 
And the superior angel goes, oh no, Clarence, it's much worse than that. He goes, he's discouraged. And I thought about that line, and I thought about it when it comes to this, because that line there of, of he's discouraged, it's worse than being sick, is a lack of hope in life, a lack of the opportunities that could and should be for your life can be one of the worst things in your life. In fact, it can be worse than a physical sickness. In fact, Proverbs tells us that hope deferred makes our heart sick. And when we don't have hope in life, it makes us sick in life. It takes away the joy and the peace that should be so evident in our life. And so how do we know if we've lost hope? Like, what are some of the symptoms that you could possibly be experiencing? Because this is what I know, is I see people that have lost hope all over the place, and there are symptoms that are so evident to everyone else, but maybe you haven't even seen them yourself. And maybe you've lost hope, or you've, you've experienced losing hope before, and you know exactly what it's like. And if you've ever lost hope, then you know some things that you'll experience. One of the things that you'll experience is you'll automatically start to become disoriented in life. You'll start to lose sight of where you are in life. And, and it's this feeling of being lost. And when you're hopeless, it's really easy to lose sight of where home base is and where, where that certainty in life is. And you just feel like you're kind of floating around in the middle of nowhere's land. In fact, in the Bible, there's a person that was exactly like this. His name was Job. And, 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 and he got extremely disoriented in life. He lost it all. He lost his family. He lost his possessions. He lost his wealth. He lost his health. And in Job chapter 17, verse 13, he said, where then is my hope? Who can see any hope for me? He's going, listen, I've lost direction. I can't even see where hope can possibly be. And it's so easy to go through life and lose hope. It's kind of like when I was a little kid, uh, my, parent, my grandparents had a, had a boat and they would let us go out and take it fishing. And, and one day, myself and a couple of my cousins, we decided we were going to go deep sea fishing. And we, we rolled out of the intercoastal, out into the ocean, uh, and actually into the, the Gulf of Mexico. We lived on the other side of the state. And, and we were out there, and we were about two miles offshore fishing. And as we were out there fishing, uh, I was driving the boat, and we had stopped, and, and we had anchored for a little bit, and we had fished for a couple of hours, and it was time to go home, and, and, and I had lost sense of direction of which way shore was. I don't know if you've ever been out on a boat and lost sense of which way shore is, but it, we started driving one direction, and, and shore never came in sight for about an hour. All of a sudden, you realize, man, I'm really in trouble now. I don't know if I'm heading east. I don't know if I'm heading west. I don't know. And, and we're just so lost. And so many times in life, that's what happens is, is we, we get away from the, the source of life, and we get out there, and we lose track of where the source is. And we get confused, and we get disoriented. We have no idea of where to go. And when you're in that situation, it can become very very hopeless, one of the symptoms. Another symptom you might have is you might have a symptom uh, of drifting. And when you're hopeless, you'll start to feel yourself drifting away naturally from home base. And you tr start trying other things. You start trying to make your own way. You start trying to figure out your own path because you don't know exactly where to go in life. In fact, the Bible tells us that Isaiah 53, it says, like all we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. 
And we've all gone astray, even when we don't even realize that we're going astray. It's like a couple weeks ago, we were doing water baptism out of Deerfield Beach, and it was an incredible day. And, and as the, the pastors and ministry team went out to, to baptize people, they went out not very far on shore. Uh, but before long, uh, within like five or ten minutes, they were all drifting right next to, to, to Pompano Beach Pier. I mean, they were like literally uh, 20 yards from it. And they weren't naturally going that way, but the waves just kind of pulled them along. And in life, what happens to us is when we start to drift away, it isn't long before life just pulls us further and further and further away. Not just naturally, without us even recognizing that it's happening. And some of us have had some difficult times lately. We've had some, some tough circumstances. And, and without us really even realizing it, we find ourselves drifting further and further and further away from the reality of where we should be. And the further we get, the more hopeless we find ourselves. Where eventually it kind of leads to this place of despair in life. Where we just lose hope. This is the ultimate hopelessness in life. It's that place where you just want to give up. And Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians. He says, we were under great pressure. There's some people today that are under some great pressure. They're under some difficult circumstances. He says, we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure. So we despaired even of life. And I'm, I'm a huge history buff, and I'll, I love reading about especially war history. And I was reading a, a book not too long ago called uh, Survivors, and it was about Vietnam veterans who had survived Vietnam being captured by the Viet Cong. And, and, and one of the particular uh, gentlemen that was, that was talked a lot in this book was a, a, a major, his name was Harold Kushner, who was a prisoner of war during that time. And during the time that he was captured by the Vietnam, he, he started talking about the devastating effects of hopelessness. In fact, he talked about one soldier that was captured with him and a group of other guys. And, and this soldier decided that he was going to uh, co cooperate with the Viet Cong. He thought, the Viet Cong said, if you cooperate with us, we'll let you go. And so this this soldier decided, man, I'm going to cooperate. And he started cooperating with the Viet Cong. Whatever they asked him to do, he did. And he did it faithfully. And, and after a while, he came to this realization that everything the Viet Cong was telling him that they were going to let him go, he realized that that was not going to happen. And this is how Major Harold Kushner described him. He says, when he realized that the Viet Cong was lying to him, it says, he became a zombie. He refused to do any work, and he rejected all offers of food and encouragement, and he simply lay in his cot sucking his thumb. In a matter of weeks, he was dead. And he said the major reason for his cause of death, and, and Harold Kushner was, was actually a, a, a medic in the military, uh, he said it was because of hopelessness. He became demoralized. And he was mired in despair. In fact, a psychologist wrote this. He said, since my early years as a physician, I've learned that taking away hope is for most people like pronouncing a death sentence. Their already hard-pressed will to live can become paralyzed and they will give up and die. And for a lot of people, we struggle. And listen, all of us have struggles. There's not a single one of us here that is, is, is 
doesn't have any struggles in life. But I want you to know that there is a greater hope that's out there. And, and we have a hope that can overcome the despairs of this world. They can overcome the drift of this world. It can overcome uh, the, the distance that takes place in this world. In fact, over the next couple of weeks, we want to offer hope to people. In fact, over, starting on December 13th, uh, we're doing what we're calling 12 days of serving as a church. We've done this in the past where we're bringing it a, a back this year because we know that there's a lot of people that are drifting in despair and, and finding themselves distanced from the truth of life. And we can bring hope to people. And throughout those 12 days of serving, we're going to start it off on December 13th. We're going to partner up with First Church in Coral Springs on that day and go out to the Bethlehem uh, event that they have and serve hot chocolate and, and just bring joy and love on people. Uh, and, and all throughout the, the coming weeks, just do go above and beyond. And we're going to encourage you to get involved. We're going to be handing out some lists of everyday things that we're going to be doing to serve our community to bring them hope in this season. We're gonna ask you to take pictures and, and, and hashtag those pictures. And, and here's the cool thing, what we're gonna do as well. At the end of the 12 days of serving, every time you hashtag a picture of you serving somebody else and bringing hope to somebody else, we're gonna do a drawing for an amazing gift basket for you. And uh, it's going to be like the ultimate kind of date night, family night basket. And with that, we're going to give a basket to you. But we're also going to give you another gift basket full of all this amazingness for you to go and bless somebody else. Because it's all about bringing hope to other people. And God wants to bless you. But more than that, God wants to use what he's blessed you with to bless some other people. And so we want to encourage you to be a part of that. Also on December 24th, Christmas Eve, we have incredible Christmas services. But after our Christmas services, one of the greatest places you can bring hope to people is we go Christmas caroling in bars. And I don't know if you've ever been a part of this, but it's one of the, the most incredible things that we do as a church. We're going into a place where if you're hanging out in a bar on Christmas Eve, honestly, your life sucks. It does. Like, you're trying to drink away your sorrows. And so we go in, we sing carols, we walk around, we hand out gifts to people. Man, we pray for people. We've seen God do some incredible, incredible things. And I want to encourage you to take part in that. Take part in bringing hope to other people. In fact, let me kind of define what hope is here. And, and let me define it first by telling you what hope is not. Hope is not wishful thinking. A lot of people think that, that hope is wishful thinking, and we try to hope our way into a lot of things, into existence. Uh, a lot of people wish that their NFL football team would win the Super Bowl. doesn't matter how much you wish the Dolphins to be good at football. Like, they're going to blow it here. I know they're on a winning streak, but it's inevitable. Like, you can wish all you want. It's the Dolphins, okay? <laughs> Ron Tannehill is about to have a train wreck and throw 37 interceptions in the next two games, okay? So it's not wishful thinking. Hope is also not blind optimism. It's good to be optimistic, but I, I saw on Pinterest the other day uh, this thing. It was, it was a lost dog sign, and it said, castrated blind and has three legs and answers to lucky. Like, that's blind optimism. That dog ain't lucky, okay? It's good to be optimistic, but it's not blind optimism. It's also not, hope is not ambitious dreams. It's good to have goals in life. And I encourage you to set goals and work towards them, but, uh, you know, like, I... I I don't have a wicked jump shot, so no matter how much I practice basketball and my goal of making it to the NBA in my driveway, it's just not going to happen. I can have that goal all day long. 
but I, I'm like five foot nothing, and my vertical leap is barely off the ground, okay? So, like, that's probably not going to happen. So, let me tell you what hope is. Hope is this. Hope is a confident expectation based on something solid. That's what hope is. While everything is moving in life, while everything is moving all around you, hope is an immovable force within your life that is based on something solid. It's an immovable force that's based on something absolutely unbelievable. I'm a huge Notre Dame football fan. Most people would look at me right now and go, you don't have much hope. You guys were like three and eight this year. But let me tell you something. I have a ton of hope. Want to know why? Because I have a quarterback who could be the number one draft pick in the NFL, and he said he's coming back. We have an offensive line that's entirely coming back. We couldn't play a lick of defense this year, but I know next year we're going to score a ton of points. And so I have some hope based on something solid. Not as solid as Alabama because they just dominate everything. Probably more solid than Michigan, though. Okay, so, sorry, I, I just hate Michigan fans. They're, they're obnoxious. They're almost right there with Ohio State. So, um, <laughs> we won't talk about Texas A&M. Uh, I have a big Texas A&M fan here up front. So, uh, some, somebody's like, dude, you got some blind faith. I mean, like in Notre Dame, listen, my faith is based on something solid. I'll prove it to you right now. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is being sure, sure, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. See, I'm sure and I'm certain about what I believe. And see, this is what I want to tell us, not when it comes to football, but when it comes to faith. For most people, hope is something they do. But for a Christ follower, biblical hope is something that you and I have. It's not something we do in life. We're not just going and we're doing hope. It's something that we possess in life. In fact, in one place in the Bible, it actually calls it living hope. It's something you can possess. It's something you can own. It's something you can grab. It's alive in your life. It's why David in Psalm 71, 14 says, but as for me, I will always have hope. Why would he always have hope? Because it was something that he possessed in his life. It wasn't something that he was doing. It was something that he owned. He says, I will praise you more and more. In fact, the Bible calls hope the anchor for our soul. And what does an anchor do? An anchor in the midst of the waves of life, for a boat, what does an anchor provide? It provides a place of rest. It provides a place of refuge. It provides stability for that vessel, even amidst what's going around on around the vessel. When you're disoriented in life, and when you're drifting in life, and when you're going through the storms of despair, you need something solid during that moment, during that time to hold you in place. That's why the Bible calls hope the anchor for our soul. That's why it says in Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. 
No matter what is happening around us, no matter what is happening within us, hope is the thing that can keep us secure in the midst of all that. Now, I understand you're probably with me so far, so the question would be, how do I get that? Like, how do I have that tangible in my life? And I think there's three things that you've got to know. Number one is that hope is going to require you to trust. Hope's going to require you to trust. I, I went shopping for Shayla uh, this, this week, and uh, I went to the boat store. I thought maybe, maybe there would be a puppy at the boat store, but there wasn't. Uh, and and I, I actually went there to, to find an anchor, and, and there's not a lot of bo- boat stores out this way, but there was, there was one in, in, in Pompano, and I was sitting there. I was talking to some of the guys. This is a 10-pound anchor. And, and I was asking them a lot of questions because I know nothing really about anchors. And, and so I wanted some info. And, and this guy was telling me, this is a 10-pound anchor. I was like, a 10-pound anchor, what can that hold? Like uh, a raft? Uh, you know, like what is the capacity? I mean, like this is not very substantial. Like this isn't a very big anchor. It doesn't look that, that like powerful. And this guy was telling me that this anchor can hold thousands and thousands of pounds. And I was like, are you serious? Like, this little bitty thing can hold thousands upon thousands of pounds in the water with the winds coming, with the storms raging. He's like, man, this anchor will hold a good 18 to 24-foot boat solid. I was like, seriously? He's like, yeah. I was like, that is crazy. Because in the natural, this holding an 18 to 24-foot boat doesn't make any sense, does it? You think like, man, that little thing, I don't know if this rope will hold it, but this, this anchor, this anchor will hold it. But you look at that and you go, that makes no sense at all. And sometimes God uses the things that don't make any sense at all to do something amazing. But it requires us to have some trust in something that doesn't make sense. And I know a lot of people, they walk around and go, well, you don't understand my situation. My situation is hopeless. And I would respond to you what, what happened to Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 18. It says, against all hope. In other words, in a hopeless situation, Abraham in hope believed. In a situation where this dude is 100 years old and God says, hey, you're going to have kids. Last time I checked, Cialis doesn't work for 100-year-olds. I don't, maybe it does. I don't know. I really haven't checked very much. Uh, He says, you're going to have kids. In fact, his wife laughed at this scenario. Like, she's like, "Uh, he might be able to, but I'm not. And, 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 but yet, in the midst of that, he believed. For a lot of people, they think, well, in order to have hope, you're not being real, you're not being authentic, you're not being whatever. You're in denial in life. But it's like this anchor. It might not look like it will work in the natural. But little anchors hold big boats all the time. Doesn't look like it'll work but it works all the time. Listen, your natural man will war within you all day long, telling you why it will not work. Your mind, your will, your emotions will rise up within you. But we've got to tell the emotions within us what to do. We can't let our emotions dictate our life. We've got to let our faith dictate 
our life. And I love what, what David says in Psalms 42. He says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. He goes, man, this, this I got to put my hope there. I, I, it requires me to put some trust there. And I want you to know this. In order for your faith to work, in order for your hope to work, you've actually got to toss this anchor out somewhere. You've got to toss it out into the unknown, don't you? The anchor doesn't do any good inside the boat. It's not holding you anywhere. The only time the anchor becomes effective is when you toss it into the water. And some of you guys, you've been holding on to hope like this, and it hasn't required you to trust at all. And you're wondering, well, why has nothing happened? Because you have yet to enact the hope that the anchor provides. It's time for some of you to take your anchor and toss it outside of your situation into something unknown. It's time for you to start trusting. In fact, number two there is is hope is anchored to something that is unseen. Because what happens when you toss your anchor into the water? You don't see the anchor anymore, do you? That anchor is gone into the abyss. You're like, I don't know what it's hooked to. I don't know what it's doing down there. Why? Because you can't see it. And the same thing is true in our, in our life. When we start to trust God and we toss our faith in there, it's hooked up to something that is unseen to us. And I know that that is uncomfortable for a lot of us because we like to feel and touch and smell and experience all those things. But if you're going to see God move in your life, you've got to get comfortable with getting a little uncomfortable. You got to get comfortable with him doing some things that you can't see and understand. Second Corinthians tells us, for our light and momentary troubles, listen, the things that you're going through right now, whatever it is that you're facing, is a light and momentary trouble to God. He says, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And the whole secret to embracing the unseen is realizing that the things that we're going through right now, the situations that we're facing in life, the debt that is so overwhelming, the relationship tension that is so, so big in our life right now is a light and momentary trouble. It is about to pass. Like it's about to move on. But there is something bigger. There is something greater. There is something larger at work in our life. In fact, I would say that no matter what's going on externally, when you anchor your soul to something that's unseen, everything externally is subject to change in your life. And God is wanting us to to anchor that to that. And one of the things that's unseen is, is this place called heaven. And, 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 and in fact, all throughout Scripture, it's telling us to put our hope in eternity. And the Bible calls heaven the blessed hope. It is the ultimate hope that we can have. And, and in fact, in Titus, it says, while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, man, if you're going to embrace the unseen, you're going you're gonna to have to embrace it in order to have hope in your life. And there's an ultimate hope that is way bigger. It's, it's the eternal thing rather than the temporary thing that we're going through right now. And truly, if we're going to have hope, hope is ultimately, number three, if you're taking notes, is ultimately found in a relationship with God. The ultimate hope in life 
is found in relationship with God. Because here's the deal. Our hope is only as good as to what it's attached to. Hope in and of itself has no power and has no substance. It's what the hope is attached to. When I, when I throw this out there and I trust God, you know what I'm attaching to right here? I'm attaching to God. I'm tethering myself to God and I'm saying, man, I'm placing my hope and my trust solely and firmly in you. That's why we say all the time, it's not about you uh, coming to a religion. It's not about you coming to be a part of a church because that's not what God wants. I mean, it's great that we come to church. It's great that religion is out there, but God isn't after religion. God is after a relationship with each and every one of us. It's not about us walking an aisle, saying a prayer, filling out a card, being baptized. While those are all great things, our relationship with God is the real connection. That's why Romans tells us, make God the source of hope. Fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you'll overflow with hope. I don't know about you, but I want to I overflow with hope in life. How do you overflow? you got to get connected to the source of hope. To the one who is hope. Well, teacher, how do, how do I know if, if I have that? Like, what, what, what is the tangible sign that, that hope is evident in my life? I'll tell you a, a, a great reminder for you. If you want to know if hope is evident in your life is, is this. While the rest of the world is going crazy, I literally drove by Toys R Us this morning at 7 a.m. and there were lines around the building. People are going crazy. While the world is going crazy and chaos is ensuing, if while all that is happening within your soul, you have peace and you have joy and you have rest, You've discovered the greatest commodity that a Christ follower can have. In fact, in Psalm 62, verse 5, it says, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. And maybe you're out there today and you haven't experienced rest. Maybe you're out there today and your life is full of chaos and it's full of strife and it's full of stress and it's full of, it's full of worry and anxiety and there's no rest for your soul right now it's because you've been looking to the wrong source for that and I would tell you today the only way that you can find that for your soul is to put your hope back in God what God promises to do in Isaiah 40 is he says but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Why? Because they have something immovable in their life. They have something that is firm and secure in their life. They have an anchor of hope that is found fully and assuredly 
in the relationship with God. And maybe you're here today and you don't have that hope. Maybe you don't have that experience. Maybe you don't have that thrill that other people have right now. And you don't have to go through life without it. You can experience right here. You can experience it right now because God has hope for you today. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you and this is what I know is there, there's some people that are very desperate out there who need something solid, who need something real. And they put their trust in a lot of different things, but God, today I pray that they would put their trust in something solid, something that is immovable in life. And they put their hope and trust in you. And maybe you're out there and you've never done that. Maybe you're out there and you have done that before, but you've gone back and you've grabbed a hold of that anchor and you've pulled it out because you've needed to, to take control of your life. And maybe today is the day that you need to give back control to God. In the Christmas season, in reality, it is all about hope. It's about 2,000 years ago that God loved you so much and cared about you so much that he sent his one and only son so that you could experience life and experience it more abundantly so that you could have uh, the, the assurance and the hope from your past and the assurance and the hope for your future. And maybe today you need to experience that with every head bowed and every eye closed. And if that's you here today, I want to pray with you. If you just slip your hand up real quick, I'd love to pray with you. Yes. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, we just come before you. We thank you that you are the ultimate God of hope, that you are the source of hope in life. And we thank you that through Jesus Christ dying 2,000 years ago on the cross for our sin and our shame, that we could experience this blessed hope. God, I pray that you would forgive us, God, that we would put you first in our lives and that, God, as we put you first in our lives, that you would fill us with your joy, with your peace, with your overwhelming hope. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.